Are you ready to make the right moves and unlock your passion? Welcome to From the Inside Out with your host, Carla D. Walker. To be your best self in your personal life and your business life, all you need to do is look within yourself. Now, here is Carla D. Walker. Good morning, world. How are you? Happy 2020. We are in a new decade and a totally new year. This is absolutely fabulous. I'm so happy about it. I think the new year went out with a bang and it's coming in great. Um, I hope that all your dreams and wishes come true on this first show of the, of my of the new year and throughout the new year. I hope everything that you deserve comes to you. I hope that all your blessings uh, continue. Uh, through the new year. I hope that you continue to be kind to somebody, yet you continue to receive kindness from others, and that you have a successful and prosperous new year, whatever that means to you, whatever makes you feel good. I hope you feel good every day that you come out smiling, come out with a great attitude, and that you go out here and tackle the challenges that are ahead of you. And that every moment's a learning opportunity. And that you're taking these opportunities to be your best and your best self. It's just great. Hey, how many of you actually practice the uh, tradition of writing New Year's resolutions? I know that is something that everybody does and everybody's talking about it. You should watch all the morning shows or talk shows and you know, they're talking about how to write a New Year's resolution um, and uh, um, what to do, what not to do, and so forth and so on. I'm just actually wondering, have you written New Year's resolutions already or are you just in the process of thinking it or are you like a friend of mine at work says they don't do New Year's resolutions because they never keep them? You know, resolutions resolutions are not a bad thing, but if we look at the whole process or the whole issue around them, and I started thinking about, well, why do we make them in the first place? What is it that uh, about New Year's that we feel we need to now suddenly make resolutions, if you will, that are going to change or have us do something different? You know, how did this all come about? So I did, I did a little research and and um. And I looked at uh, the history dot um, um, com, and <clears throat> in reading about the history, reading it up on the uh, history dot com, um, one of the things that it mentioned that I had totally forgotten about is that you know on New Year's Eve everybody starts singing at midnight uh, on the first day, people sing "Old Lang Syne," you know, "Old Lang Syne," and uh, it's a traditional. Do it every year. Every year that I've been living, we've been doing it. And so I wonder, what does the song mean and why do we sing it? Well, I didn't know or what I didn't realize that Auld Lang Syne uh, is the title of a Scottish folk, folk song that many English speakers sing um, it says at around around midnight, but I didn't didn't realize it came from a Scottish folk song, and that the poet Robert Burns uh, has been credited for transcribing and adapting, and and maybe even partially rewriting it in the late 18th century. 
so I did not, uh, uh, I thought that was a fun fact to know about uh, uh, the song Old Lang Syne. But we have been singing the song at least since mid-19th century. Um, and he says it became cemented as a holiday standard uh, when Guy Lombardo and the Royal Canadians played it during a radio broadcast from New York's Roosevelt Hotel at midnight on December 31st, 1929. So, the, so it's been, we've been singing it for a long time. America has really taken hold of it and, and it's, it's kind of submitted as one of our traditions. You will hear it every time the ball drops. Uh, and, uh, and so... And so it's something that, so it's a great song. I love the song, but it sounds kind of sad to me. I always listen to that. And I think it's saying, may all the, may all the something be forgot and never brought to mind. You know, it almost sounds like a death. Well, I guess when you think about it, the, it is kind of a death of the, the old year. And so we're singing in celebration of it and, and moving past it and moving forward on it. May all acquaintance be forgot. And mailed acquaintance be for God. So anyway, uh, so 2020, 2020 is here. And why do we write resolutions? Well, it's a tradition uh, that they have identified or says is caught on from ancient Babylonians who made promises in order to earn the favor of the gods and start the year off on the right foot. I think we kind of do that, you know. So they would, would, you know, vow to pay off their debts and return to borrow, return borrowed farm equipment. And we kind of do that too. We, I think, if you look at one of the most common New Year's resolutions, it talks about paying off your debt. I don't know that it talks about returning farm equipment, but it, it may talk about returning something that you've had for a very long time uh, to somebody, um, but returning something. Uh, so it's an, an age-old custom uh, that happens every month. And we tend to break <laughs> uh, these resolutions within a few months <laughs> that we make them. Uh, so I thought that was very interesting when we did this um, uh, in, in terms of researching it. And um, when you think about who made January 1st, the first of the year. Well, we can accredit that to our old friend in Rome, Julius Caesar. In fourteen, uh, excuse me, in forty-six BC, Julius Caesar decided to uh, establish January first as the first day of the new year, partly to honor the month's namesake Janus, who's the Roman god of beginnings. Who faced whose two faces allowed him to look back into the past and forward into the future. And I guess that's what we kind of do on, uh, when we get to January 1st. We do kind of look back. I think that's one of the things that uh, makes us uh, decide on looking back and formulating resolutions and what we're going to do forward. Um, and then... In medieval Europe, Christian leaders replaced January 1st as the first of the year with days carrying more religious significance, like December 25th, the anniversary of Jesus' birth, or uh, March 25th, the feast of the 
Annunciation, Pope Gregory uh, XIII, reestablished January 1st as the New Year's Day in 1582. So this is something that people have been playing or toying with for a very long time. Um, but I just thought those were just you know, a couple of interesting, maybe fun facts for you that if you didn't know where this came from or why we even started this, you know, little res- this New Year's resolution thing, uh, partly because of that. And, and it was started, you know, kind of because of religious beliefs that we had, uh, that we were doing and, and um, um, long time ago. And now I would say most of our resolutions probably don't contain um, things that we're doing for religious reasons uh, or to improve our connection with our maker or, or your God or whoever your, your spiritual guide leader is. Uh, I would say most of our resolutions now uh, usually are directly impacting or directly uh, connected to something that we want to improve about ourselves, about our situation, about our careers, about um, almost anything but religion. Uh, and that's not to say people don't do that, but I would say in general, at least in the United States, uh, religion is not one of those things that a lot of people uh, think about as relates to uh, New Year's resolutions. Just don't do it. Um, so I just um, think that that was for me. That was really interesting to find out and to and to see that happen. I hope you had a wonderful New Year's um, and that you were able to celebrate it. I don't know if you guys made it to New to New York City or how you celebrated in. Uh, your area here um, in Miami, uh, I know in New York they have a big ball that drops. And I think that, that ball weighs like 12,000 pounds or something. But here we have uh, an orange. <laughs> of course, in Florida we have an orange that goes up the side of the building um, to, uh, to the new year. So it's kind of cute. Um, but that's how you know we, we are looking for our orange to go up. Uh, and everybody else is, is probably celebrating with the ball. And I find it interesting that the, the way that we, we do it, we celebrate it in different time zones, you know. Uh, always loved it. Um, I've always uh, primarily lived, I would think, in, yeah. I've lived in three time zones. I've lived in um, Eastern, uh, Central, and Mountain. I've lived in the Pacific time zone. But I've been three time zones, so it's, it's always fun to uh, look uh, how everybody is anticipating, you know, uh, uh, the new year and, and the excitement that surrounds that. It is a time to party. It's a time to have a good time. And I hope you guys did. Uh, I personally did not go out. Uh, I basically stayed in and just kind of enjoyed the new year with uh, with family. And I think a lot of Americans did that too. But there were a lot of people out partying and having a good time. And I hope everybody um, is well. And... Uh, and everybody uh, was able to get home safely, and we didn't have any uh, accidents or anything that, that happened during during New Year's Eve. Um, so, 
Why do we continue to make New Year's resolutions? Well, it's one of those things where New Year's comes and I can start from scratch, right? So I can erase or forget about everything that happened last year. And I, it's a starting over period. You know, New Year's, January 1st, I can start over. I know I made mistakes in the past or I know I didn't get these things done in the past. But boy, I'm going to do something to um, to make this make this new year better than the last year. You know, it's kind of, it's natural, I think, for us want to improve every year, to make one year even better than the next year, um, and to improve upon um, what happened uh, long ago. So, so um, the idea of bettering ourselves is very common, a common motivation. And moreover, uh, the idea of tradition, I think, is also one reason why we do is, you know, wanting to make you know, New Year's resolutions and, and wanting to build upon a tradition is something that we do every year at that time. Uh, something that we do every year about this time is we're going to take a break. And so we'll be right back and we'll have more for you. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Please join Dr. Sarah, a.k.a. Dr. Red, on an amazing journey of love, soul, abundance, compassion, and authenticity. Dr. Red is a well-renowned healer, hypnotherapist, author, and speaker who has overcome personal challenges to emerge stronger than ever before to reach out to you and heal you emotionally, mentally, and spiritually for the most informative and enriching experience filled with unbridled laughter and insights on life, health, culture, and society. Tune in to Dr. Red's. Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Do you wish you could avoid having difficult conversations with your kids about sex, relationships, and how to stay safe? Do you struggle with what and how much to say? You're not alone. Tune into Holistic Sex Ed Radio with host Robin LaCrosse for a fresh new perspective on sex education that goes beyond the birds and the bees. We gather together every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for conversations designed to improve your relationships, expand your knowledge, and give you the tools to help your kids make the most out of their lives. Tune into From the Inside Out. To reach Carla Walker or her guest today, call us at 1 888 346 9141. That's 1 888 346 9141. You may also send an email to Carla Walker from the Inside Out at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Hey, Happy New Year! It's 2020. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Getting back to why we do, why we make New Year's resolutions, you know, I, I saw a piece of research that said 46% of people uh, who make New Year's resolutions uh, tend to be successful in accomplishing their goals. Uh, now, it didn't say if their goals were the New Year's resolutions. It just said that if you make a New Year's resolution, that you were successful in accomplishing um they were successful in accomplishing their goals, at least the people that they talked to in terms of that research. Um, because I saw on the other side where it says 60% of people 
uh, admit that they make resolutions, but only 8% of them are successful in achieving them. Uh, so, you know, the numbers are kind of all over the place regarding that. I think if, if you want to make a New Year's resolution, do it. If you don't want to make a New Year's resolution, don't don't worry about it, whether it's tradition or not. You know, and and if you're into making New Year's resolutions, you know, don't push that off on somebody else and, and make them feel bad because maybe they're not making a resolution, or force them to make a resolution that they're not going to keep, uh, just because you like making resolutions and you do it every year or as part of your tradition. So let that go. Let people do what they want to do regarding that. Um, also, um, in, in looking up and, and, you know, trying to answer this question, why we do it, one of, one of the things that, that I also saw when I started thinking, okay, so what kind of resolutions do people make? Well, one of the top ones is saving money. And so every year we look at our balance sheet, right? And we say, "Wash, I spent all of this or I'm, you know, got all these debts. What am I going to do? I'm going to save money so I can get out of debt, Right. Or I'm going to save money so I can take this vacation, you know. Um, but the interesting thing, I think, about the whole resolutions thing is that, you know, a lot of people will say or have said that by January 31st, uh, they failed their resolutions. <laughs> so are you giving yourself enough time to really, you know, make the resolution work or to, to put make it taken into action? And uh, women tend to make health-focused resolutions, while men tend to pledge to find a new job and lay off of alcohol. So they're going to drink less, um, which, you know, drinking less uh, or in moderation, I think, is a good thing for everybody. But it's interesting how even in making resolutions, we see gender playing a factor uh, in terms of what we do or how which ones we make. So just looking at what are the top ten resolutions um, Inc. surveyed like 2,000 people, and and one of the top 10 um, resolutions that people make, diet or eat healthier, that was 71% of the 2,000 people that they interviewed. Um, exercise more, lose weight, this is all combined in this diet and, and living healthier, save more and spend less, learn a new skill or hobby, quit smoking, read more, Find a job, another job rather, drink less alcohol, uh, spend more time with family and friends. Uh, that was number 10 out of the 10. That was the last one. So um, interesting how we quantify uh, what's important in terms of how we make, uh, in terms of the resolutions that we make. But, you know, I tell you what, if you are making a resolutions and you have problems uh, keeping them. One person that I um, saw uh, it was in a podcast or um, on uh, CNBC, maybe or or you know they have consultants and experts on, on this, you know, everywhere. Uh, but once you said that I thought was interesting was change the word. Maybe it's the word resolutions that's bothering you. Change it to goals. Now goals are something that you're used to setting that you're used to. Uh, working with that probably feel comfortable because it's not a New Year's resolution, but maybe it's just a new goal, your goals for 2020. Uh, you know, so changing the word could maybe help you or at least help your mindset in terms of setting these um, quote-unquote resolutions and maybe even in terms of being successful in completing them because they're not resolutions, they're your new 
goals uh, for 2020, something that you want to accomplish. Um, and so maybe that, uh, in terms of, of how you think, in terms of your mind, will um, help you uh, accomplish that particular goal or those goals um, better. Uh, also, how do you keep uh, New Year's resolutions? Well, let's, let's talk about, just like we talk about goals, it's sort of the same thing. you got to make it specific. You know, not so, not just so generalized, but make it specific. And I would say, you know, we talk about when we have a big project, how we break it into smaller pieces. And then, you know, so you're seeing the success as you complete each piece individually. I would do the same thing with your resolutions or your New Year's goal. If you have a goal that's kind of, that feels kind of lofty, like, you know, I'm going to get on a new diet or I'm going to live healthier. Okay, let's take that. Let's break that into smaller pieces. Let's kind of break it down so that we create small steps so that we're able to see us winning or accomplishing our, our goal by checking off or, or doing the small things. And then when we've done finished all those pieces, we've knocked them out, then we haven't since uh, accomplished our goal. You know, and, and specific. Um, another way um, to um, to be sure that you're keeping um, uh, that you're that you're going to keep those resolutions or keep those goals, you know, you got to allow yourself to fail, right? And, and be compassionate with yourself when you do. Everybody. Everybody screws up at one time or another. Everybody um, doesn't accomplish their goals or everybody fails uh, once in a while. The question is, how do you react to that failure? You know, do you do you fail or do you miss a goal and you just say, oh, that's it. I'm throwing in a towel. I can't do it. Or do you look at it as an opportunity? Maybe you rework it. Uh, maybe you, you know, give yourself a, a break and say, oh, I missed that one, but I'll make it up the next time. You know, I'll do it. I'll catch up next time. You know, allowing yourself to fail is probably one of the best things you do. Again, being compassionate with yourself and doing it. Don't beat yourself up about it. Okay, so you missed an exercise class. Okay, so you ate that. Uh, Hershey bar <laughs> for lunch, you know, so you, you know, so you, so you did that. Okay. One time it's not going to kill or get rid or eliminate the goals. You know, you just learn from that. You know that you, you know, that was your slip or that was, you know, that was a pass and you just move on. You know, it's not unusual. Don't feel bad about yourself. You know, um, at least, uh, according uh, to CNN, 71% of successful uh, resol- people who make resolutions say their first slip strengthened their efforts through a combination of guilt, increasing awareness of their problems, severity, and the slip reminding them to refine their plans. See, so failing can, can be a good thing. Also, set yourself up for success when you're doing that. You know, if you if your if your resolution is that you're going to um, live healthier, then you want to eliminate those things that are in, unhealthy in your life. Um, that could be food. That could be um, if you're um, a shopaholic. That could be getting rid of the uh, magazines or getting off of a lot of um, 
uh, store emails, or, you know, it could be anything that's going to make your life healthier, uh, eliminating those things that uh, easily pull you back in. If you want to limit sweets, you know, get them out of your house. You know, you stay away from your work's break room um, when they when they bring in snacks or bring your own snacks so that you have what you know you can eat and that's healthy. You can still participate. You know, I think people feel sometimes if they bring their own food to work or they bring their own snacks and they're having cake day or they have or somebody's brought some food that they still can't socialize. Well, you can. And just with uh, your own, with your own snacks, and this it's not anything odd, you know. Know yourself, you know. When you're thinking about your goals or your resolutions, you know, be realistic. You know, um, consider, you know, what what do you want to do, uh, and what you can't do. Okay, what's just not going to work? You know, don't set a goal that's unrealistic. So you want to be realistic in doing it. Uh, tell somebody what you're doing. If you set a particular goal or resolution, then we um, let somebody else know. So there's sort of a third-party accountability that's involved, right? So they can help keep you account- accountable so that they ask you, well, how are you going? How, how are you doing in terms of moving toward uh, your goal that you said? I know you said you were going to do X. How is that working? Uh, so do that. Um, show your show your kids. You know, be an example for your kids. Let your kids know, hey, this is mom, and I'm going to you know declutter. This is how I'm going to do it. Or dad, I'm going to we're going to declutter as a family, and and this is going to do it. Show your kids. They learn by example, and they are watching you. So if you say that you're going to do something, or if you promise that this is what I'm going to do this year, you make this resolution, and you break it. Or you slip, you know, talk to them about uh, failing and how to get back on track. So they're learning from you. But share it with your, with your kids. You know, um, mix it up. You know, whatever you did last year, don't do this year. Make the resolution a little different. You know, so it doesn't seem like it's the same old thing. But there, you know, so those are just some ways in which you can keep uh, resolutions uh, for yourself. And... Uh, so it won't backfire uh, on yourself, uh, on yourself in doing it. Have I made a resolution? Well, yeah, I have made a resolution uh, this year. My resolution this year is to live purposefully healthy and to live my life that way. Now, what does that mean? And why did I come up with that particular resolution? Well, being purposefully healthy means that uh, eliminating those things in my life that um, are not healthy for me and doing everything I can uh, uh, to live, eat, think, uh, act in a more healthy manner. So I'll talk more about that and get into to more of the reason why. There is a story behind it. I'll tell you when we come back from break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. 
It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Tune into From the Inside Out. To reach Carla Walker or her guest today, call us at 1 888 346 9141. That's 1 888 346 9141. You may also send an email to Carla Walker from the Inside Out at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Hey, I was talking about. Um my New Year's resolution. I told you there was a story behind it. So let me just tell you what this, let me give you the story. So I, um, at the going tour in, in 2019, I, my goal was to be healthier and to also to help, um, my daughter be healthy. I was going to do it by example. So I started going to the gym. She started going to the gym. And then I started feeling tired. And I had a couple of injury or two. So I stopped. I kind of got out of it of going to the gym. And I did my yearly physical. And my doctor said um, three things. Um, I had um, uh, low vitamin D. I had a vitamin B12 deficiency. And my glucose was a little high, but all of that was manageable, and we could take care of <clears throat> we could take care of that, and all that could be reversed. So yeah, I'm okay, a little carefree about it. Well, on January second, after having a wonderful New Year's, on January second, I woke up, and I could not feel really my right arm. I mean, I could feel it was there, but it was so light. And I thought, what's going on? You know, I don't get it. Now, it was great yesterday. You know, didn't have any issues, no problems, no pains, no aches. Um, you know, everything was working. I could feel everything without any problem or any concern. And this morning when I woke up, it felt different. And my first thought going through my head, you know, was, oh, gosh, am I having a stroke? Or did I have a stroke? And as I got up, I noticed a numbness that I was feeling. It wasn't ting. There wasn't a tingle, you know, but there was like a numbness for my arm. And this numbness was kind of radiating down the right side of my body. Again, I'm thinking, oh, wow, maybe I'm having a stroke, right? <clears throat> and so... I'm going through this, and I'm just constantly trying to move. I thought, well, maybe I, <clears throat> maybe it's not a stroke. Maybe I just slept wrong, <clears throat> or maybe I have a pinched nerve. That, that's where I went. And after I went, oh, maybe I slept wrong, and my arm's just asleep, or, you know, maybe I pinched a nerve because I could feel the sort of numbness, if you will, 
um, as I you know went around and tapped my body, tapping the right side of my head and to my cheek and radiating down my arm and and on just a third of my body on my on the right side. Um, and I could feel this kind of numbness, and it kind of felt like, you know, if you guys ever gone to a dentist and they put the Novocaine in, uh, shoot you with Novocaine, and then as you're coming out of that Novocaine, it's kind of numb, this kind of halfway numb and and uh, an unnumb feeling. Well, that's what I was feeling all all down my body. <clears throat> and so I thought, oh my God, what's going on? What? You know, what's happening? I'm getting scared, right? I'm um, talking about, should I go to the emergency room? Well, I didn't have, you know, slurred speech or um, there was, you know, my face looked the same. So there was no movement uh, in terms of there. So we ruled out stroke. Uh, but we still couldn't figure out what this thing is, what this thing was. And so I... Thought, okay, I, I'll just get an appointment with my acupuncturist because you know, I really don't want to go to the emergency room unless I absolutely have to. Because um, I don't want to be in the emergency room all day now. Somebody is saying, well, that was stupid, right? I can hear you out there. Why didn't you just go to the emergency room? Emergency rooms are not my first go-to. I'm trying to figure out, I'm always trying to figure out what it is or, or rationalize what it is or figure out what it is. But this is a little more for me. So I went to uh, Judith, who's my uh, acupuncturist, and, you know, she did her thing with the acupuncture, got a good massage, because then I started reading up um, and trying to figure out, you know, what it is. So I go to her and... Um, I'm usually, you know, it's usually very good, work out the kinks, you know, if there, if there is uh, some pressure or, uh, you know, they're able to work it out through massage and through the acupuncture, nothing. I felt the same way as I did before. And I was talking to her and she said, you should go to the emergency room. I thought, really? She said, yeah, you should go to the emergency room or at least uh, uh, well, one of those urgent care centers. Well, okay, okay. They're usually faster anyway. So I go to I'm go to an urgent care center. And in talking and in, in talking with the doctor, and he does examination. Uh, he was actually fabulous. Now I will say it was one of the best urgent care centers that uh, I I've been to. That I think very efficient. There weren't a lot of people there. Um, but I got in and out very quickly. The staff was absolutely, absolutely fantastic. But one of the things that I found out as we were talking to the doctor and explaining to him my symptoms was that I had a peripheral neural, neural plathy. I'm not pronouncing it right. Um, but it's... It's can be impacted or brought on by a um, by the vitamin D deficiency and or the onset of diabetes. Well, at that time he had said you're diabetic, so I thought okay. So I'm diabetic now. <clears throat> I have a vitamin D deficiency, and I now have you know peripheral neuropathy. Okay, so what that means is to radiate the nerves, radiate the radiating down the right side of my body are, um, I'll say, injured. Um, 
in some way because of, of my condition. <clears throat> Excuse me, but the, it is something that uh, is believed that can be reversed. So that's how I welcomed in January. So, of course, I have to find out more about what this is, okay? So I have to find out more of getting numbers on diabetes and uh, the vitamin B12 and this um, uh, neuropathy. What is it? You know, so I'm doing the research and I was so fascinated by um, the research as relates to diabetes that I thought I've got to share this with people because if this could happen to me, because I was basically healthy, I had just had my physical. And my doctor said there are only you know, these three things that that about everything else was normal, everything else was good, you know, I, I was healthy, I just needed to, you know, work out some more, I needed to move more, exercise, etc. And then this occurs. And I'm thinking, okay, what is this thing, diabetes, that is impacting me and also impacts other people? And what I found out for me was alarming. And uh and uh, I'm looking at the International Diabetes Foundation. It's a diabetes, and this is in 2019, that approximately 463 million adults aged 20 to 79 years were living with diabetes, and that by 2045, it will increase to 700 million people. What do you think about that? In 2019, you have 463 million adults aged 20 to 79 who are living with diabetes and that they're predicting that by 2045, this will rise to 7 million. That blew my mind. I thought, my God, look at that. You know? The proportion of the people with type 2 diabetes is increasing, it says, in most countries. Type 2 diabetes, not type 1. Type 1 diabetes you're born with, and there's not nothing, anything really that you can do about it. Uh, but type 2 diabetes is different, and it is impacted by lifestyle. And we'll talk more about that in a second. But it says 79% of adults with diabetes were living in low- and middle-income countries. That the greatest number of people with diabetes were between 40 and 59 years of age. That one in two, so 232 million people with diabetes were undiagnosed. So imagine that. 232 million people, one in two, who have diabetes don't know they have it. Now, why is this important? It's important because diabetes has caused 4.2 million deaths. In the United States, it is the seventh killer of people in the United States. The seventh largest killer of people. They die. People die from diabetes. It's very costly. It costs in health expenditure. You're talking about in the U.S. seven hundred and sixty billion dollars in health expenditure 
in 2019. So that's 10% of total spending on adults. And more than 1.1 million children and adolescents are living with type 1 diabetes. More than 20 million live births, that's 1 in 6, are affected by diabetes during pregnancy. And 374 million people are at an increased risk of developing type 2 diabetes. So you can see why after reading those numbers and looking at that, you know, I'm alarmed. I'm alarmed because there's something that we can probably do about it. You know, type 2 diabetes is something that we have some, some control over correcting or how we live with it or living without it. Because it, it builds up a lot around how we live our life, you know. Uh, in the U.S. alone, nine percent of the pop, nine point four percent of our population has diabetes. That's thirty point three million Americans have diabetes, and only one point two five million American children and adults have type one. So. The type 1 diabetes, you can't do a lot about. Uh, You have to, uh, in terms of whether you get it or not. Type 2, on the other hand, uh, we do have something to say about that. In the United States, according to the American Diabetes Association, of the 30 million adults with diabetes, 23.1 million were diagnosed and 7.2 million were undiagnosed. So I don't know if you guys are fit into any of those categories, but I'm telling you this because I want to see you living longer. I want to live longer myself. And so I want you to have the facts. I want you to have the information that you need to know. Diabetes is a serious thing. It's not necessarily a death warrant or death certificate, but it is something that we can take control of and something that we can uh, actually do something about. Again, remember that diabetes remains the seventh leading cause of death in the United States. We could do something about this, guys. And we're going to talk about more about diabetes in the United States and in the world when we come back from break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit VoiceAmerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. 
Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417. Or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. tuned into from the inside out to reach carla walker or her guest today call us at 1-888-346-9141 that's 1-888-346-9141 you may also send an email to carla walker from the inside out at gmail.com now back to the show Hey, welcome back. So we're talking about diabetes and how prevalent it has become in our lives. Uh, you may know somebody who has diabetes, and particularly what we're talking about is is type 2 diabetes. I just gave you some figures around that. I also want to, you know, talk about diabetes for those of you who are thinking, oh, it won't affect me or, you know, um, I don't have to worry about that. Know that the rate of diagnosed diabetes in the adults by 8th, by race and ethnic background, uh, that there's 7.4% of non-Hispanic whites, 8% of Asian Americans, 12.1% of Hispanics, 12.7% of non-Hispanic blacks, 15.1% of of American Indians and Alaskan natives uh, have diabetes. The breakdown among Asian Americans, we're talking about 4% of Chinese, 8.9% of Filipinos, 11% of Asian Americans, and 8.5% of other Asian Americans. When you look at the breakdown of Hispanic adults countries, you're talking in South America and Central American countries, 8.5%, 9% of Cubans, 13.8% of Mexican Americans, and 12% of Puerto Ricans. So it is something that crosses uh, the lines in terms of race, ethnicity, uh, doesn't matter. Uh, You can get diabetes uh, at any age, uh, any color, any race. uh, None of that matters. Diabetes does not care. Uh, It will and can affect you. So, you know, be aware of your health and you know you want to take care of it so that's this is part of the back uh, reason for my new year's resolution is to live a purposefully healthful life because i plan to my goal is to um, uh, reverse the situation that i am currently in as relates to uh, diabetes uh, and uh, while I may always be, quote-unquote, a diabetic, you know, there are things that I can do that 
will help improve my situation or move me out of uh, that stage or that category. I always, I will always have to watch um, my blood sugar. I think I will always have to watch uh, my weight, uh, my uh, and exercise. Uh, just live healthier. Yeah. Uh, I want you to know that you're at risk for developing diabetes or developing pre-diabetes or type 2 diabetes if you are overweight. Now, it, it never indicates how much overweight <clears throat> you have to be. So whether you are 10 pounds over or 20 pounds over um, or 100 pounds over, if you're overweight, you may be at risk. Uh, for uh, developing pre-diabetes or type 2 diabetes. If you are age 45 or, or older, if you have a parent, a brother, or sister with type 2 diabetes, if you are physically active less than three times a week, I'll read that again. If you are physically inactive or active less than three times a week, you know, so, I mean, so, you know, get active, you know. If you have ever had gestational diabetes, so that's diabetes while you're pregnant, or you've given birth to a baby weighing more than nine pounds, you know, you have predisposition to uh, pre-diabetes or type 2 diabetes. Now, I mentioned uh, some groups uh, I did not mention African Americans. So African Americans are one of the groups that are at a higher risk for pre-diabetes and type two diabetes. And unfortunately, American Indians and Ask Alaska Natives are twice as likely as whites to have diabetes. Uh, during their lifetime, half of all Hispanic men and women and non-Hispanic black women are predicted to develop diabetes. And type 1 diabetes is thought to be caused by an immune reaction. So the body attacks itself by mistake. Uh, known as risk factors for diabetes include family history and age. And in the United States, whites are more likely to develop type 1 diabetes than African Americans and Hispanic Latino Americans. So I mentioned, you know, some of the reasons that uh, are uh, that you have why you're at risk for developing diabetes. <clears throat> um, and I just I'm doing this because I want you to be healthy. I want you to be aware of. Uh, what you need to do, and this is one of diabetes is one of those things that it doesn't necessarily uh, come at you, you know, straight on. It's one of those things that can sneak up on you. You know, mm-hmm. you have millions of people who have diabetes and don't know it. You know, they're undiagnosed in terms of of diabetes. You know, they're walking around. Um, and they're doing things that could uh, make their diabetes take flight. They could have uh, peripheral neuropathy, uh, just like I got it, like I have it. Um, 
that uh, could be caused by or impacted by diabetes or um, uh, when mine was combination of diabetes and the uh, vitamin B12 deficiency that I had. And, you know, diabetes can also call blind, cause blindness. Um, so it's just some things that I want you, my listeners, because I care about you and I want you to be healthy. And because you have power, you have power to prevent or reverse the diabetes that, that you may have as you have type 2. You have the power to do that and to keep it at bay by living healthier, by doing things like if you're overweight, you know, working on, you know, getting control of that. If your blood sugar is high, like mine is, I have control of that. I can control what goes in my mouth. <laughs> I know sometimes I'm, I try to convince myself I don't, but I do. And I know all those, you know, lovely cakes and candies and uh, uh, fruits and pasta. Because, you know, when you think of diabetes or you think blood sugar, you know, you think, well, I've got to stop eating all the candy. Well, it's not just that. It's carbohydrates is what makes the sugar in your body. So, and almost everything has some form of carbohydrate or carbohydrate in it. So it's watching the number or the amount of carbohydrates that you have that contribute to making your blood sugar high. Going down. So what should you do? The first thing you should do, the very first thing you should do, if you have not done it this year, the first thing I want you to do is to get a physical and get complete blood work up and get everything checked out. Get your cholesterol checked out, glucose levels, all your numbers. You want to know all that. So if you have diabetes or pre-diabetes, that you are able to take care of it or begin doing the things that you need to do to, to reverse it uh, as much as possible and to live a healthy life. Look, this particular issue to me um, is important enough that I'm going to talk about it again next week. Uh, hopefully we'll have somebody uh, here as well who can um, uh, give additional light on it. We'll talk about it. But I want you to live a very long time and I want you to be healthy in doing it. I plan on doing that. So, okay, I've told you. Remember I said tell somebody your goal? So I'm going to tell you and I'll check in with you as we go through uh, the series and we'll talk about not only diabetes but how I'm doing on my goal in terms of living healthier and what I'm doing, uh, some of the things that I'm doing, foods I'm eating, you know, how I changed my lifestyle to hopefully have a positive impact on uh, this diabetes that we have. I've loved talking to you today. I hope you've gotten some information that you can use as I was trying to provide to you. I hope you take this information and use it to your advantage. Share it with someone that you love or that you care about because uh, this is something that, that we can do something about people. Uh, unless you have type 1 diabetes, this is something that you, your actions, uh, how you live, your life can impact. Have a wonderful and happy new year. Let's go out with a bang. Let's make this the best new year ever. Love you. Talk to you next time. Bye. 
Thank you for listening to From the Inside Out. Be sure to join your host, Cara D. Walker, for another episode of the program next Tuesday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have the best week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericaempowerment.com.